Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Changing Healthcare, a podcast about accelerating transformation. I'm Sarah Linares, Vice President of Partnerships at Change Healthcare. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kevin Vaccarello, Founder and Executive Director of Sustain Hawaii. Kevin, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Tell us more about Sustain Hawaii for those who may not be aware of its mission. Thanks, Sarah. My pleasure for being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Sustain Hawaii is a educational nonprofit. We've been around for nearly 20 years already, and it's a majority Native Hawaiian board. And we've been focusing on sustainability in a very broad sense, but with health at the epicenter of it. So we've defined sustainability very importantly from ecological, sociocultural, and economic perspectives, but of course with individual human health as a portion of it, an integral portion. So we've been around moving in the tech space as well as kind of the high touch, high tech is what we often say, is where we're meeting on the ground practices with leveraging the opportunities of and accessibility of technology for those most vulnerable in the community who don't normally have that access. That's incredible. What a great mission. Tell us more about the vision of how how you actually do that. So we've been primarily focusing on food systems. That has been an insertion point for us because systemically everyone eats every day and is looking forward to that often. And it's a very cultural thing to subsistence living was an integral component for indigenous lifestyles and native Hawaiian lifestyles. So on the ground, we actually have our own farm. It's a 20 acre perennial food forest, and we've got a plant-based restaurant that's associated to it. So we have a lot of curriculum design and development that goes on associated to that, where we live and breathe it ourselves and kind of push the agenda and invite everybody to classes throughout the year on different aspects of preventive wellness. That's incredible. So tell me more then about the products and services that kind of make up this portfolio that drive the sustaining of Hawaii and its people. Yeah. So in order to really kind of push the agenda further, it's one thing to do the the tangible on the ground, but you can only reach so many people doing it that way. So we've been leveraging technology from the outset and really trying to figure out what web-based tools exist that we can get in the hands of most people. And now with smartphones and, and things being so accessible to even 90 plus percent of low income households, that's changed the game and landscape for us quite a bit, which has been really nice. So we've been leveraging progressive web apps to kind of bridge what the educational components are on the ground and then actually tracking biometrics for individuals pre and post program. So we can actually see what the impacts of the curriculum and design and education and then them actually partaking in those efforts. That's huge. Tell us then about some of the clients you're working with. I imagine you've you've got, you know, everyone on the island you're supporting and then all the tourism, right? That that the island that island supports. So interestingly, our focus has been primarily in kind of prototyping in in a community called Waimanalo, where we live. And it's one of the most densely populated native Hawaiian communities in the world. And what we've been doing is trying to build a a full food system and health system, um, what that looks like holistically. So the interesting part of that is, of course, the deep reach that we've had with the Native Hawaiian community in and of itself. But that's allowed us to connect with the Kaiser Permanentes and community health centers, the school systems, both private 
public and charter, restaurants, farmers, all this really interesting ecosystem at the University of Hawaii, College of Tropical Agriculture. But because of COVID, we actually had to pivot pretty significantly. And we knew technology was going to be a critical piece for that pivot because unfortunately, the indigenous population bases are about 10 to 13 fold more significantly negatively impacted by COVID because of comorbidities and all the, the social detriments that exist for that community base. So shifting to COVID and leveraging our tech platforms for that actually opened up oddly our opportunity to scale nationally and work with large entities like AEG and Disney Worldwide Services, multiple state contracts like New Mexico and Washington, Arizona, the SEC, multiple universities. It's been really interesting. It has been. (laughs) Totally unanticipated. That's incredible. They're all invested in the same mission you have, but probably slightly different, you know, benefits and, and stakeholders. We'll hear more about that as we talk more about the pandemic and the landscape going back to normal. So let's do that. Let's talk about the changes that you're seeing in Hawaii now that the pandemic is starting to subside, going back to a little bit of normal. What does that mean for Hawaii and for your initiatives? What we are seeing is that there still is some kind of precautionary measures that people are taking, but of course, everyone's relieved to have some semblance of that. Yet, it's not entirely known with some of the new strains that are coming out and still evolving. And I I guess it's really being determined more so as endemic. And so what are we going to do to live with it? What does that look like? So we're actually pivoting again with that in mind. But having now this client base and this platform, it's allowing us to take the technology and kind of push it into the more traditional healthcare modalities with other diagnostic tests that can be done with labs, but then also moving back into our roots, which was the preventive side and really engaging on the nutrient intake, the exercise, the sleep and stress management side of things. A lot of things that people can take care of themselves, but still mirroring that with the contemporary medical practices. That's great. And so maybe tell us a little bit more, this preventative health measures, specifically to the indigenous populations and the vulnerable community. I'm curious, how are you finding them? And any more details you want to share about the programs you're you're putting in place that sound like they're scalable, you know, in other places around the world? We're actually starting to explore California a little bit further in this regard as well. It is very scalable. What we do is we kind of play with this 80-20 rule where 80% is more universal and then 20% is kind of the place-based, culturally relevant components. So when we're looking at vulnerable community members, usually, unfortunately, they're disproportionate, um, low socioeconomic. And with that comes higher incidences of chronic ailments. So what we've been doing is trying to really look at what those universals are and then cater it to those communities specifically. So we're looking at things like diabetes, obesity, hypertension, some of the biggest factors that exist. And of course, the number one preventive measure is diet. So that's really why we honed in on that so specifically is because when when you're talking about diet and sustainable diet in particular, if you don't get all the way down to the level of the soil, you're missing a lot of different components of it, which is a kind of an odd concept for a lot of people, perhaps. But that's why we have this full system that we're prototyping in this heavily populated concentration of Native Hawaiians in Waimanalo. We go from soil to actually plant pathology up to the looking at the intra and extracellular 
absorption of those nutrients that came from the soil into the plant, into the human. So extracellular is, is kind of the longer term, shorter term, sorry, and intracellular is long-term bioavailability and nutrient impact. So once we calculate that and, and put these things out into the labs on a per person basis, we can actually start tracking where their personalized opportunities are for prevention and different types of interventions specifically for the diabetes, obesity, and hypertension. And we've already done a pilot with Kaiser Permanente in that regard and seen pretty overwhelming outcomes as a result. It's really exciting. That's incredible. Yeah, not surprising to see Kaiser on the leading edge on this topic. I'm glad you have them as a partner. So speaking of partners, you're a partner of Change Healthcare, which is why you're part of this podcast series. And we're so glad to hear the story, but maybe you can add to it, you know, how we met, how you met Change Healthcare and some of the ways we're supporting your mission. Yeah. So that was, that was actually a good fortune just as a result of doing research because we were launched into the, the sphere of the entire national set of requirements that opened up a whole nother set of needs for us specifically integrating with labs. When we were doing that, the last thing that we wanted to do on our ends, because we're a pretty lean entity in and of itself with our engineers, we didn't have the bandwidth to integrate with every single lab that each of these locations was using to do their COVID tests. So as a result of doing a bunch of research, unsurprisingly, Change Healthcare was one of the forerunners and is one of the biggest ones in the market for sure. So we just started conversations and realized that there were lots of synergies that existed. And as a result of that, we explored first the integrations with the lab network and been using that ever since. So that's been really helpful. It's, I think it was over maybe over a year already for that full integration. But yeah, it's been really great. And as a result of that, plus the interest in us looking into kind of the post-COVID space, Obviously, Change Healthcare has a raft of additional solutions that we're very interested in, like insurance billing and reimbursements and eligibility checks and those sorts of things. So having a single tech provider that represents a large portion of that space is invaluable. That's fantastic. Well, it seems like it helped you focus on your mission and not have to spend technology, you know, capital and resources on building a bunch of things that weren't necessary. So that's great. The vaccine topic has been interesting for everyone who's been following along, you know, with COVID vaccine passport debates, but it, it is a needed input for, you know, how Hawaii is operating and, and may continue. Can you comment on, you know, kind of being a beta partner with us and exploring that? Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. I think we're going to see that in a couple of different places, for sure, in Hawaii. But interestingly, Disney is looking for that. I can't say for sure whether it's going to happen or not, but they're looking at it for their international needs. Um, right now, we work with them on probably 20 plus of their major feature film productions and primarily out of Atlanta. So all of the, the major individuals that are at each of those studios doing the filmings, they want to make sure, of course, those high value profile individuals are all healthy and safe. So having the assurity of a technology where it's, it's actually avoiding all of the fraudulent concerns that have come up, having that electronic certification that's straight to an electronic health record is also invaluable for these individuals because they don't have to be concerned about what is the, the truth behind this record. This streamlined ease of just putting in a simple number from their record 
automatically checks however many that are existent in the in the current databases. That's going to be a really exciting thing to roll out, and I can only see that being a, something that's going to be used for multiple infectious disease types of things, COVID and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about that one. Even just general vaccine overall, think about how hard it is to pull that together, you know, for your family and yourself across many providers. So great potential there. Good. Well, tell us more. Let's go back to Sustain Hawaii and the definition of health. You know, thing we've been talking about how it's much more broad than how a healthcare provider might define it. So we'd love to hear how you think about the definition of health. So normal clinicians are are looking at just basic biological and physiological health. And then you have the public health practitioners who are looking in in the social determinants. And then we're kind of this oddball nonprofit. Being Native Hawaiian and Indigenous as a base, it's part of the culture and values that there's no real separation between the land and the environment. They call it the host. There's actually legend and lore associated to it that has a direct offspring being what's called the, the taro plant or the kalo plant. And that actually was a stillborn child, according to myth and legend. So that taro plant actually gets hulied, it gets broken off and replanted. And so it becomes kind of almost a perennial in a certain sense. But there's a real deep connection to the land, the water, the air, the sun and energy. And as a result of that, we've taken that into account as well. And, And then I happen to also have a backdrop in astrophysics. So I tie the health to physics from a thermodynamic vantage point, because ultimate health, the death is thermodynamic equilibrium or maximum entropy. And the opposite of that is called syntropic systems. So there are examples of syntropy, this planet being one of those, where it's an open system receiving a lot of extra solar radiation from the sun. That's the breeding ground for a healthy biosphere. So we actually look at what the ecological systems are fundamentally healthy. And then everything emerges from the ecosystems. You have a sociocultural thing that emerges from the ecosystem, and then you have economy that emerges from that. If the economy collapses, you still have the other two. If, if sociocultural collapses, you still you lose the economy, but you have ecology. If ec- ecology collapses, everything does. So it's the laws of nature, the laws of physics, the laws of thermodynamics that are fundamentally the drivers of health. So we want to really take that into consideration and have a, an entire healthy food system Because again, that connects those things all together all the way through. And it allows us kind of one bite at a time to help track people's nutrient intakes and do nutrient gap analyses and get them back on the land and working it and outdoors and enjoying the sun and working hard with family and friends. And there's just a real interesting set of things that all come together through those vehicles. So health is very broad. It's pretty much everything. But we feel that health is everything. Our time is worth nothing if we're not in really good health. Our experience is our best when we are all healthy. So we want to figure out how to assist in moving the needle a little bit and leveraging technology to bring really quantifiable, rigorous science-based data and analyses to what a true health system might look like and a healthy food system. It's like turning the whole system upside down. It's it's going from sick care to real health care. It's just brilliant. So thank you for sharing that. You know, now's the time to leave our listeners with a little bit more information on how specifically you've leveraged our lab network and lab orders and results just just to kind of deliver on this this big 
bold vision that you have? Yeah. So the, the labs being one of the things, but I do think that how we leverage that heavily is by connecting with multiple labs rather than having to do each one individually. Of course, there's minor custom modifications that you need on a per lab basis, but by and large, it streamlines that process significantly. As a result of those streamlined efforts, moving into additional healthcare tech spaces, like mentioning earlier with insurance reimbursements and billing and eligibility checks, those become really important for us, especially for these community members who can't really pay out of pocket necessarily and want to reduce their fees. So giving them direct access to tools that allow for insurance checks to be done and whether they're eligible for those things immediately is critical for our community base. But again, it's applicable to everybody. If we can hit the most vulnerable community members, that's great. And sorry for jumping a little bit, but the way we're looking at tying it to the current more affluent and kind of high profile individuals is they have missions and and have deep interest in assisting the vulnerable communities themselves wherever they are. So we're going to start exploring a little bit more diligently now that we're kind of phasing into this post-COVID space. How do you get individuals to sponsor these, these low income, more vulnerable community members? How do you get insurers and healthcare practitioners and hospitals, clinics, community health centers kind of on the same page with farmers and everybody? So it sounds really big, but when you start chunking it down and building the tech component, as you folks have already have this, this major, you're kind of like this node or hub as the backbone of the entire healthcare digital space. Being able to work with groups like yours to be able to leverage off of that for anything that we can dream up, like trying to push the agenda in these regards, it would never be able to happen otherwise. So that's great for us. We don't have nearly the bandwidth. We don't. We would never have the capacity to ever have built all of these things. That's been inordinately beneficial. That's great. Well, before we go, I think I have to ask on behalf of our listeners, what places are the top places you'd recommend for someone visiting Hawaii? <laughs> Waimanalo, of course. Yes. No, Hawaii, anywhere in Hawaii is actually really beautiful. Um, Oahu, if you're looking for a little bit more of the metropolitan thing, that's really the only island that has Waikiki and Honolulu and anything of any major population base. As far as diversity, Hawaii Island, the big island, is unbelievable. It's got every single microclimate that exists except for Arctic and subarctic. And then Kauai is astonishingly beautiful too. It's I think it's one of the wettest places on the planet, but the lushness of the space. And I think there's only like 60,000 people on the entire island. So it, you really get a feel for that laid back, beautiful, um, relaxing uh, space. Nepali coast is astonishing over there. Kevin, it was a pleasure getting to know you more today and having you on the show. I learned a ton about Sistine Hawaii I didn't before and super intrigued by what happens next with all the work you guys are doing. Thank you again. Thanks as well to you for listening. Please remember to leave a review and subscribe. I'm Sarah Linares, and this has been Changing Healthcare, a podcast about accelerating transformation.